Welcome to It Starts Within, a podcast from Platinum Performance, where we'll dive into the health challenges faced by veterinarians and horse owners alike. Join us for inspiring stories about the latest advancements in equine care, treatments, and comebacks. You'll hear interviews with elite competitors, innovative researchers, and the veterinarians that devote their lives to horses and the humans that love them. At Platinum Performance, we know the power of nutrition starts within. Hello, everyone. Joining us today, I'm Jesse Bengoa, and it's January. It's the start of 2022, and to kick off the year right, I'm here with Trevor Brazil. The world knows him as the king of the cowboys and the winningest rodeo athlete to ever compete. But at Platinum Performance, we know him as a longtime friend and a horseman who has really redefined training, competition, and the mental game that it takes to master both of those things. Trevor, there is no one I'd rather kick off 2022 with than you, my friend, and thank you for being with me today. How are you? I'm doing great. Doing great. Glad to kick off 2022 myself. Right? I mean, 2020 and 2021, don't let the door hit you in the rear on the way out, right? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, Here's hoping it's going up from there. Um, So you and I have had the opportunity to talk throughout the years about your success in the rodeo arena. You've amassed 26 world championships. And one of the things that I love about you as an athlete and a competitor is that it's not just about the thrill of the chase. That's a part of it. Or, you know, the rodeo lifestyle is a part of it, but you're a horseman and you really, truly love the horse. And now that you're not on the road competing as heavily, I definitely wouldn't call you retired, Um, but you've dove into rope horse fraternities in the breeding world, and one is definitely tied to the other. So tell me about these rope horse fraternities. They're a big deal now. What's being done here, and why did they grab your interest? Well, they are. It's a very big deal. But what you said earlier, you know, about, you know, my relationship with my horses, you know, that was was the key um, now that. I'm done. Everybody's seeing, you know, the fact that it wasn't just me, you know, that uh, my animal athletes that I, you know, partnered with, that was, that was a big secret to, to my success rodeoing. And it was just a natural transition, you know, into the rope horse fraternities because I, as I moved away from rodeo, um, you know, I missed it. I loved it. That was, that was what I did, but I found out a lot about myself being removed from it a little bit because as long as I was on a horse, if I was horseback, I was happy and seeing the, uh, these young horses, you know, come from point A to point B. And then even when they graduate out of the fraternity system and I get to go watch them go on to the NFR or wherever they go. It's, it's, it's so rewarding and so fun for me to watch. So I don't get wins, you know, on the rodeo trail, like I did, but I get daily wins right here, you know, seeing these horses in their progression. And then also being able to go to a handful of futurities a year and be able to kind of, you know, measure our success against the other trainers of the world. And it's, it's been a lot of fun. Right. I, I completely, you know, it's something that you can see so easily when you watch you. And it's, it's also something that seems like it's, you know, either part of your DNA or it's not, there's, there's one part of it is riding and competing on nice horses, but there's also this love of making nice horses, like you said, and these young horses are so fun to watch and uh, to be a part of from the very beginning. 
So tell me a little bit about how the rope horse fraternities work. And this is, you know, a little bit newer to the rope horse world than it is to some of the other Western disciplines. So what's going on at these? Who's, who's attending them? You know, what, what's the competition look like? What's the goal? You know, at the American rope horse fraternities is where I started and it's everybody that I competed against in rodeo, not everybody, but I mean, the guys that were in tune, you know, with their horses, um, great paydays, uh, just a great place to go watch the young talent coming up in, in the horse part of the horse part of the, uh, team roping event, because it is not only timed, but it's also judged. And so you have two judges, but the third judge is time. And so let's say we start out at 80. And if you're five flat, you deduct that five from 80 and you're 75. If you're 10, 10 flat, you know, you're a 70. And so time is a huge part of the judging process because as it should be, because at the end of the day, you know, that's what makes, you know, horses great partners is they make your job easy and speed's the name of the game when it comes to uh rodeo and team roping but they also weigh heavily on you know how good it looks and how well they do their job and they score you in the box uh if how how calm your horse is in the box and how flat he leaves and the run and rate and then facing or stopping it depends on you know if you're heading or healing. So, I mean, there's a lot of different facets to it and it's, it's a lot of fun. And I think they're really onto something because it's not rodeo time only, but it's not the traditional AQHA shows, you know, that everybody's accustomed to either. They've, they've married the two worlds together. And I think it's a, it's a really good fit because since then you've had these different incentives pop up like the Riata buckle and Royal Crown and so many of these things that are aimed towards the fraternity system, but they have different stallion incentives. And so it's, it's growing so much. I've seen these events grow by 60, a hundred percent just in the last two years. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, the crowd sizes, they're so fun to watch and, you know, coming from the team roping world too, I, I personally think it's really neat what you just said as far as marrying the speed, but also the technical aspects of it. So these ropers, it's probably a little bit of a different ball game where they're showing off the horse's skills to be technically correct on top of being fast. Um, and it's also a great opportunity to be able to see some ropers that aren't necessarily out on the rodeo trail, but they've got incredible talent. So it's neat to see some, some, quote unquote, new names and faces, you know, we may know them behind the scenes, but the world hasn't really gotten to see them do what they do. Sure. And it's the same guys, you know, you got a lot of people that have horses in training, you know, and they're great at making horses. And then they may bring in, you know, guys from the NFR to, you know, exhibit what they can do. And so that part of it's fun to see too, guys that you don't normally see on show horses per se really are a little bit more technical than you give them credit for when you see them on their rodeo horses day in day out and sometimes it gets shown up the other way you know so but I mean that's just part of what's so fun to watch yeah absolutely I mean they they got to where they are for a reason they know what they're doing so it's pretty cool to see 
And so going hand in hand with the rope horse fraternities is actually breeding and making these horses. So you and your business partner, Miles Baker, have set out to make a mark on this world with your relentless Ramuda breeding program. So tell me about this and how you met Miles and came together and how the idea for this program came about. Well, especially since they've been doing the stallion incentives, it's been real important to us because we wanted, when we were looking for prospects, we wanted them eligible for everything that we attend, you know, whether it be the Royal Crown or the Riata Buckle. And obviously we're going, anything's eligible for the American Rope Horse Securities because it's not any one incentive. And through, through that process, we started uh, finding horses that were, you know, on, as we always did, that didn't quite make it in this one or didn't make it in the cow horse or didn't make it in the rain in or the cutting, you know, but we always had to deal with stuff that was created, you know, by trying to push a horse that, that maybe wasn't going to make it in one. And they were trying to make a, you know, fit a round peg in a square hole. It just was seemed like we were always having to deal with some baggage. And uh, once we started raising some on our own and seeing how sound uh, mentally and physically a four and five-year-old horse that was just bred and trained just to be a rope horse, you know, but brought through the right, the right channels, you know, they were been ranched on, they were started right. You know, everything had the end goal in mind that they uh, never were, you know, the first three years of their life built to be a cutting horse. And then all of a sudden retrained and, you know, some of that stuff comes out, some of it was positive and some of it wasn't positive. And so through that, we uh, had rode some colts and actually won the four-year-old world championship in the American Rope Horse Security on a horse we called Dagger, which was by Show Me the Buckles. And the opportunity came up for us to own Show Me the Buckles. And if you haven't seen this horse, uh, you know what we say. I mean, we say you can't have it all. You know, you hadn't seen this horse because we had rode his offspring and we knew that he had, had done well in the uh reigning because he had he had won 175,000 I think in his own right just being shown till he was five but knowing that he was a producer was what was so important to us and it didn't matter if you were throwing head horses or heel horses they were able to do it all and so that was a natural fit for us when we bought that horse and it's been it's been so fun uh to see his babies hitting the ground and them having some of those attributes that Dagger had that were so easy to train and just like I say, being brought up in a program that was specifically built, you know, for roping, uh, not as many detours, you know, along the way, uh, these horses are making so fast. And so it feels odd saying that we've got a five-year-old that's ready to go anywhere, but that's the case a lot of times. It's pretty amazing. And, you know, anyone who's ever seen Show Me the Buckles, he's like the Fabio of, of stallions. He's absolutely beautiful. This stunner of a, of a Palomino stallion with the mane that goes, you know, halfway to the floor. Um, he's gorgeous. And the reigning breeding behind this horse is really unique. And, you know, like you, you've said, for so long, there's been, um, you know, cutters that didn't quite love their job in the cutting. And, you know, with these reining horses, it's got to be a little bit different with their breeding because the cutters are so cowy 
And those reigning horses or quarter horses, they've got it in their blood, but is there a little bit of a difference that you see in how they perform and how they're on the cow? Uh, yes. And people talk about cow and it can, or a horse being cowy. Um, it can be a blessing and it can be a curse. You right. know, I mean, there is too much of a good thing is not a good thing. And what we found out with Buckles babies is they had just enough of it. What I would call the old school cow, what we talked about, you know, in the nineties of a horse having a lot of cow that really draws the horse to the cow instead of almost having enough cow in them that they, it almost fretted them to where they wanted away, you know, to where they, you know, don't move up in the herd, you know, for cutters, but these horses are actually, you know, it, it feels like they're being pulled to cattle when you're riding to them. And that's, that's the kind of cow that, that we looked for. Uh, because once you have that in a horse, uh, you can always, you know, do different patterns around that, but finding that right level of cows was really important to us. Yeah. It's amazing how much of a difference that makes. And, you know, with, with Buckles breeding, he has quite the pedigree in the reigning world. I mean, he goes by Wimpy's little step and all the way back to Bob Loomis's top sale whiz. I mean, that's, that's a big deal. It was. And like I say, it's just makes everything when they, when we ask people about him, what he was like to show and Jordan Larson and guys like Fapani showed this horse. And so like some of the best of the best uh, rangers out there had, had been on his back and just them saying that his attributes was number one, being a freak athlete. And so that was real important to us and everything that they said, you know, if he got a little too deep in the ground in the rain and, you know, I mean, uh, what more would you want to hear for as, as a roping perspective, because so many horses, you know, that we, we see that ha look like they have a lot of talent. Seems like they do everything on top of the ground. And this horse really wanted to be aggressive in the ground. And just the little things, uh, it just seemed like it was, it all lined up and it did. Um, we put this horse uh, after we had rode and showed his offspring, you know, to the public for a, you know, a limited book and his book filled up and I believe it was eight days. And so just the, the need was there. The uh, response has been overwhelming. It's been, it's been fun. And just all the people that are going to be part of the journey, you know, we, uh, since then, we have uh, invested in a little bit different bloodline, uh, but I still think it's going to be able to have a great impact in the roping industry. A uh, horse that we call Dirty Fling, he just turned three this year, shows great promise. He's a homozygous roan. Uh, so he's metallic cat on the top and out of a streak of fling mare. And it's just, it's been the next horse that kind of caught our eyes. So the, the breeding part has been a lot of fun and we're going to get to prove this stallion along the way, just in the roping. And like say, a lot of people have already, you know, decided they wanted to be part of his journey too. And so we just probably have about 10 breedings for the public this year, but it'll, it'll be fun as we expand. But right now his training supersedes, you know, him being at the breeding farms. So we need him in training because at the end of the day, we want him to produce beautiful Roan babies, but we have to know that he has, he has what we think he has to be able to do that. 
Right. I mean, I, I really respect the way that you guys bring these horses up and, um, you know, do it the right way. And, you know, going back to buckles for a minute, there are those, those famous stallions, right? The shining sparks of the world that really imprint themselves on their babies. What does buckles pass down that you see in his offspring? I mean, you've talked about the mental aspect of it, the, the freak athlete part of it. I mean, he's obviously beautiful. So what are you seeing in him uh, that you see in those offspring? I wish Miles was here. That would be a great question, you know, <laughs> for him because he starts so much of the two-year-olds. I'll, I'll be able to answer it because he's told me over and over, but it's just how easy it is to start these horses. That's, that's what he keeps, you know, saying over and over and how much they want to get to the ground in their stop. And it's, there's not a lot of teaching them, you know, you show them a few things and then they get it, you know, and it seems like over the years, we've tried to teach horses, you know, how to stop and how to, you know, and, and you can, you can teach horses. It just, it's a longer process, but it's so much nicer when they want to do the things. There's a few, you know, the fundamental things that make great horses when they already want to do these things. Uh, it makes our job as a trainer so much easier. Oh my gosh, I bet. I mean, talk about a roper's dream to get on a horse that has that innate genetic ability and they love their job at the same time. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we've talked a lot about the stallions. Tell me about the mares. I mean, it's, this is obviously a one-two punch and it takes good mares to be paired with great stallions. So what type of mares are you breeding to and looking to breed to with, with both fling and with buckles? Well, ourselves we've we've been experimenting and putting kind of like fling was we're we're putting buckles to a lot of mares that uh ran on the track you know uh we're trying to just always see because to me the head horse the head horse game is what's lacking there's more colts out there through other disciplines that are bred uh a little finer a little smaller uh and everything else that we felt that was bred to be head horse size you know that 15 hands 15 one uh two even was a little coarser uh they may have been able to run or they may have you know been hardy enough to take anything that came to it but they didn't have those same attributes that i was talking about that they really wanted to work off their hind end and it came natural to them the stopping and and being able to use their hind end the way that buckles colts were so we're doing a lot of those i know like the lazy e had been bred their you know fastest mares at 220 to him this year you know and so that's going to be really exciting we put our own mares together with a mix of some bigger bigger cow bred mares and some race mares um but mainly we want to we want to uh we're going to be both of our stallions are in all the rope horse incentives. So our customers are going to have the, uh, the Colts that we're looking for to buy anyway. So we're going to have hopefully, you know, a great selection of these horses just through the people that have bred to our studs. So we want to do business with people that are doing business with us. So other than the few mares that we breed ourselves, we're going to be trying to, uh, get a hold of what people have bred, you know, buckles to ourselves or fling to you bet 
it's so interesting. And I mean, it really has the potential to make a pretty good impact on the, on the rope horse industry for sure. And one piece of the puzzle for a level of success, like you've earned throughout your career and now in the breeding barn, uh, is good veterinarians. So tell me about your veterinarians and the role they're playing in this program, because you've always had these amazing equine athletes and you still do, but now with the breeding barn being a piece of it, this is kind of a whole different aspect of veterinary medicine that you've gotten the chance to be a part of. So tell me a little bit about that. It has. And, and I was joking ever with everybody because my, uh, I mean, I've always fed my horses platinum, even when the, the supplements hadn't taken the hold yet. You know, it seems like I bet I've been with platinum 15 years or better. And now it's funny how veterinarians have changed their way of thinking, you know, more towards preventative maintenance, but everything that I've had in my, you know, my horses, whether they're three years old in the futurity or they were my rodeo horses, they always had what I labeled the horse, the pack, you know, it had the platinum CJ, the hoof support, the vitamin E longevity. It always had that. But now it's funny that we can't get our packets mixed up because now we have a stallion packet too, you know, with the motility and potency. And so it's funny, somebody brought me one the other day and I'm like, that is not for our futurity horses. That <laughs> needs to be at the stallion station. <laughs> but that's, that's the biggest thing I've seen dealing with great vets over the years, you know, that so much of the stuff can be fixed without a needle by their recommendation now. And obviously there's things that can happen. And, and even though they have a hunch or the owner has a hunch or where the problem may lie, I just want a vet to be very thorough and rule everything out. And that can't happen fast. And that's why I've used Outlaw Equine along with everybody else that I know, because Dr. Harvey and his associates are so thorough in, in all their diagnosis. Yeah, I mean, great veterinarians are definitely a, a huge part of your team and always have been. And, you know, you as a horseman, we've always really respected the way that, um, and I think the industry has, everybody who knows you respected the way that you've taken care of your horses. They matter to you and you, you invest in them and their future. So I, I love how your horses have a lot of longevity. And I'm sure these stallions are being set up for the same thing, which is, which is really neat to see and kind of carrying that success forward. And, you know, Trev, let's, let's, as we kind of round out, let's talk about the future a little bit. You know, Trevor Brazil has built up this incredible legacy at a really young age. Um, we're not too far off in age. So I'm going to tell you, you're really young. Okay. Yeah. Bless uh, your heart. <laughs> <laughs> buy it, Trevor. Just go with it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, you know, in the, in the rope and pen, it's really, it's fun to watch what you're doing at these rope horse maturities. Um, but also, I mean, it, it's pretty cool to see the famous Trevor Brazil also go to being Treston's dad in the roping pen too. I mean, that's, that's kind of cool. Um, and then also in the breeding barn, I mean, the, you've got a big future ahead of you in a lot of ways, especially with this new venture. So what are your plans for the future of the program? More stallions, more mares, where are you headed? You know, I don't know. It's so hard for me to say, because if you would have asked me if I was going to be in the breeding business three years ago, I would have said that you're crazy, you know, but I just feel like now is the time. And there was a, there is a need for the right kind of horses. The roping industry is growing too much not to have the right kind of horses coming up for it. I mean, 
it doesn't it doesn't need to be that stepchild that you know whatever whatever doesn't work somewhere else might work here you know there's it's too competitive now it's grown so much that the competitiveness of it all is too great to have a subpar horse and these horses that are you know born bred and trained from day one to do this are going to shine 100% and yeah i might be biased because you know we're team ropers but let me tell you, it's the largest equine sport in the world and anybody can do it. It doesn't have really an age limit on it. And it's, it's the source of a lot of competition and it's a lot of joy for people. You know, it's, it's, you know, and I was so worried because I was, uh, stepping back from rodeo, which had been so good to me and I loved it. And I love the people that were involved with it. And, but I knew, you know, what you alluded to earlier, you know, uh, my kids were getting old enough that the games were, coming uh I didn't want to miss the games I wanted to be home to do all this and now everything that I do it seems like I'm as busy or busier than I ever was but I'm able to do it from home and not miss this stuff and so the kids uh Tristan's roping with me a lot and the girls I'm I'm home to be able to be at all Stalin Swayze's you know games and activities that they do so it couldn't have been a better transition and I've been so blessed because it couldn't have been any more fun. And what you said earlier about 20 and 21, I feel like I was so set up for that because we were home riding horses and uh, had excuses not to be out and about and just staying home, making good horses. It was, it was actually a really good year for us because it kind of helped us stay, keep our head down and riding these horses because there wasn't a lot else to do at the time. Trevor, staying home on horseback and not having to be out and about isn't too terrible anyway, but even though we were forced yeah. to do it, but uh, no, absolutely. I mean, I'm glad that the stars aligned and, you know, as, as they tend to do around you, but that's not by accident. Um, and I think it's, it's going to be amazing for, for all of us to, to be able to watch uh, the success that you guys have, but that success is hard earned, you know, it doesn't just happen. So um, it's going to be neat to see how this goes in the future. And, um, you know, what about buckles and fling? What are the plans for these two in the rope and pin? Because like you said, not only are, are they, um, they've got big plans behind them as, as stallions, but these two are still, you know, actively competing and training. And, um, I bet they're fun to ride. They are, they're a blast to ride and fling will be trained this year to be able to maturity his four-year-old year next year. And buckles as much fun as we have just riding that horse you know, he's retired and uh, we just ride him just to kind of keep him being a horse and never losing sight of that and not just leaving him at the, the breeding farm. Uh, so a lot of times he's here and we'll ride him, but it's for our pleasure only. Um, he's not getting shown anymore. Uh, we just enjoy having him around. But it's... Uh, like I say, it's been, it's been a lot of fun and having two horses in different parts of their career, you know, that have a lot of promise. And, you know, I feel like the outcrosses will be good with both of them. You know, even if we have mares out of one or the other, you know, breeding them to the, whichever other one they weren't out of. Yeah, you bet. Well, I want to thank our good friend Trevor Brazil for being with me today. It's been a lot of years that we've gotten to come along on this ride with you and watch 
uh, watching what you do next is, is always a great thing. So thank you for taking, uh, taking this journey with me this morning, my friend. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. And uh, we, don't need, we need to do it before it's been this long again. Right? I, I agree. Yeah. And, you know, with that, I want to thank all of those that are joining us today and for coming along with Trevor and I um, as we hear what's next for the King of the Cowboys and the Relentless Ramuda. So join us next time and take care, everyone. Thank you.